Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Sunday, December the 24th, 2023. It is Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas Eve, everyone. And it is the fourth Sunday of Advent. Our reading today is from the gospel according to St. Luke. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. I have an image in my mind, and it's a popular uh, meme that goes around social media, It's uh, Mary saying to the angel, hold my baby. And while the angel holds the baby, Jesus, Mary beats the stuffings out of the devil. (laughs) She has him by the horns and she's stepping on his back and, and he's uh, being defeated 100%. Mary always wins because Jesus always wins. This reading is so very important. And this past week, all of our podcast, well, a lot of our podcasts have been about Mary Uh, We did the Annunciation on December 20th, so here we are doing it again. It's great that during the Advent season, we do this reading twice, unless, of course, the 20th falls on a Sunday. We do it the fourth Sunday of Advent, but we also do it December 20th as we're following the narrative about Zechariah, Elizabeth, John the Baptist, Our Lady, the Magnificat, the Benedictus. Today, because the 24th is on a Sunday, we're missing the final piece to the story, the Benedictus, that is... Uh, Zachariah's prayer. After he's given his voice once again, he says the prayer that we do in morning prayer every day in the church. Uh, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free, etc. So we're missing that one this year, but we'll circle back to it next year. So we have the Annunciation once again. And you know, with all this focus on Mary, learning about who she is, these it's only a couple readings here that Luke gives us that the Lord gives us through St. Luke, and yet we know so much about her, and we know so much about how we are to live. The fact that she prays, she ponders everything in her heart, the fact that she says yes, the fact that when she's given the Lord, she brings them to others right away, and she's rejoicing in the Lord, and singing her Magnificat about how the mighty fall from their thrones, and the little ones are lifted up. So today, in the spirit of being little ones, I wanted to talk about the obvious conclusion that the church gives us after 2,000 years of meditating on Mary, her mysteries, her virtues, and that is 
that we need to become hers. 100%. God will cast down the mighty. God will raise up the lowly. Mary is the most lowly of creatures. She's the most little. And, and yet she is that hidden pearl. She's the, um, you know, all those images that Jesus uses, the, uh, you know, the lost coin that the person sweeps their house to find. Mary is that. Mary, on her own, especially at the beginning of the church, Mary did not draw attention to herself. But little by little over time, the Lord has shown the light on her, permitting her, especially now in more recent centuries, to appear in places like Guadalupe, Lourdes, Fatima, and other places. More and more, Mary is coming into the spotlight to better bring us in union with Jesus. Mary chooses to be lowly and humble, and so what does the Lord do? He raises her up. And so the Lord wills as well that we belong to Mary and that we be little and lowly and humble. You ever made fun of for wearing your scapular? I wear that scapular like, like, it's, um, like it's water and I'm thirsty. You know what I mean? Like it's air and I can't breathe. I, I, I cling to that thing. If ever I'm going somewhere where it might fly off of me for some reason, like on a roller coaster or, you know, whitewater rafting or something, I, I use, I usually will take a smaller scapular and just tie it on really tight, uh, so that it doesn't come off of me because I want to be hers. I want to show up on judgment day wrapped in her garment. I want Jesus. I mean, Jesus already knows me. It's true. (laughs) Right. Um, but, and I don't say that in pride. I say that because I desperately want him to be close to me, but I want to show up at his throne on judgment day wrapped in the mantle of Mary. So he's there's, so there's no question. I belong to her. Therefore I belong to him. Therefore we're in the same family. I am your brother. You got to take me home to heaven. <laughs> and that's one of the many promises of Mary. I wanted to talk a little bit today about consecration. This is the obvious conclusion. We consecrate our lives to Jesus through Mary. And the best person that has, t- well, really, he introduced the concept. I mean, he didn't introduce the reality. I mean, St. John was already consecrated to Jesus through Mary. But St. Louis de Montfort wrote books about it. And gave us a formula for preparation and consecration. And since then, a lot of other books have been written, but they're all after the pattern of St. Louis de Montfort. St. Louis de Montfort sets out a beautiful theology. Honestly, even though it's a little bit of a dry read, it's not like a fiction, exciting, you know, uh, action-packed book. True Devotion to Mary still is, I would definitely put it on my top five favorite books of all time. Um, It's about how to belong to your mother. See, he talks a little bit about her and just how amazing she is and how hidden she was. Yet, he says in later times, she will come to the fore more and more and more. And, you know, when he wrote these things, his writings then um, were lost, but they were found. (laughs) So it wasn't even time yet then. And that was in the 1700s. But they were found. I believe it was in the 1800s, early 1900s. His writings were found and they became widespread. So many people say in the Second Vatican Council, we were told to stop praying rosaries and stop being so devoted to Mary. And the reality is the church teaches the opposite. I mean, Fatima happened not long before the Second Vatican Council in which Mary's asking for rosaries, promising to save our souls and to save the world from war. 
and oppression if we pray the rosary. We still haven't fully done that yet. But um, at the time of Vatican II, no, Cardinal Ratzinger, later Pope Benedict, wrote some beautiful things about how, yeah, Vatican II emphasized liturgical prayer, and it talked about how to do liturgical prayer. But Vatican II did not in any way take away from devotional prayer. In fact, it does talk about it a little bit. It just didn't write a lot about devotional prayer. It didn't emphasize devotional prayer because that's something we've always done in the past. And we don't throw out the past when there's something new. We keep the old <clears throat> thinking of certain things, but that's not our topic for today. But yes, and Pope Benedict emphasized that we hold on to the the old while we move forward towards the new, and there's to be a continuity there between the old and the new. I mean, these people, they prayed, they fasted, they worked to get us where we are. We don't throw out their accomplishments. And so, yes, for centuries, uh, popes talked about the rosary, the importance of devotion to Mary. And in the liturgical life of the church, emphasized by Vatican II, there is so much devotion to Mary in our liturgies. But Pope Benedict spelled it out very simply. He said, devotional prayer, your personal prayer, gets you ready for the liturgy. The liturgy is where salvation occurs. We receive the Eucharist. We receive confession. We receive blessings. The importance of blessings, another topic we're not going to get into today. But liturgical prayer is where you get saved Devotional prayer prepares you for that. It prepares your heart. It draws you into conformity with Jesus. And so, even though this can be found in liturgy, St. Louis de Montfort, in his book, True Devotion to Mary, is giving us the ultimate formula of a devotion in which we can give ourselves completely to Mary so that we are ready for Jesus, so that we conform ourselves most fully to Jesus. And it begins, well, it begins with her immaculate conception and who she is, but then it moves forward to the incarnation, the annunciation that we heard about today. Just a little side note. I just, just want to make sure I said everything needs to be said for the moment about as we get into later times, more and more and more, Mary will lead us. Mary will come to the fore. Mary will show her face. Is it possible for a Marian apparition to have her appearing every day for 40 years? Well, it hasn't happened before. I'm speaking of Medjugorje, and just the church is still ruling on it, discerning about it. But I mean, if St. Louis de Montfort's words are correct, that Mary's going to come to the fore more and more towards the end, then isn't it appropriate that she would appear more? And, and I don't know. I mean, anyway, Medjugorje is another whole topic. Maybe one day I'll give a talk on that. But Mary is coming to the fore more and more. She is essential for our worship. She is right there with Jesus at the heart, at the center of the church. And so when we see Mary, we know that there is orthodoxy. And that's another thing he says, Mary protects us from heresy. When we see Mary, we know Jesus is right nearby because Mary does not keep the glory for herself. As she says in her Magnificat, she magnifies the Lord. She brings us to Jesus. She brings Jesus to us. And so St. Louis de Montfort in his book talking about, you know, how we have to prepare for these later days. He talks about how Jesus became the perfect man in the home of Mary, in the womb of Mary, in the arms of Mary, under the tutelage of Mary, St. Joseph as well, of course. And so Mary formed Jesus on a human level. Mary formed Jesus to be our Savior. And so we, St. Louis de Montfort, invites us 
And this is now the beauty of the body that later Pope John Paul is going to spell out in his theology of the body. Mary forms Jesus in her womb. Mary nurses him at her breast. And St. Louis de Montfort is the one to say, and this is contrary to the Jansenists that think the body is bad, and therefore it totally messes up the incarnation. Um, The true faith that St. Louis de Montfort spells out for us says, we need to be born again as Christians, as Jesus says in John 3, water in the spirit. We need to be formed by Mary. We can enter her womb mystically and be formed by her. We can be fed at her breast mystically. We can be taught by her, her example, her prayers, her love. Through our connection with Mary, we can become other Christs, which is what we're called to be. We are, through baptism and the Eucharist, we become Christ. So who are we to say that we don't need the the formation and the guidance that Jesus himself needed? Jesus needed to be taught and formed. And so the same woman is given to us. Jesus says, behold your mother. And now she is able to form us. She's able to teach us. So St. Louis de Montfort gets into all the different types of devotion to Mary. Oh, you can wear a medal. You can wear a scapular. You can pray the rosary. You can go to prayer prayer (laughs) groups. You can say the little office of the Blessed Mother. There's so many things we can do to show our devotion to Mary, to live our devotion to Mary. But he says, I'm going to show you a more perfect devotion. And what consecration is, is we renew our baptism, but we renew it with Mary. We consecrate ourselves to Jesus, which happens in our baptism, but with that special emphasis on the Blessed Mother. In our baptism, we become another Christ. We also make all sorts of promises, and then we're going to fall short. Mary doesn't fall short. Mary is the Immaculate Conception. So by renewing our baptismal promises in union with Mary, consecrating ourselves to Jesus through Mary, now our imperfections can be made up for. Now we can receive communion more worthily, which is the most important thing, getting us ready for salvation. It is our salvation when we receive communion. We become one with Jesus. Mary can help us to receive. Mary can help us to pray the Mass. Just as Pope Benedict was saying, devotional prayer gets you ready for your liturgical prayer. The most important thing we can do is pray the Mass. How often we we undermine, we diminish the Mass. I love to talk about the Mass. It's the most important thing in the world. It's so important. It's the representation of Jesus' death, which saves us. The Paschal mystery, the death, the resurrection, the ascension, they are made present. When the priest holds up the host, he's holding up Jesus on the cross. Mary is there worshiping him. Mary is there offering him to the Father. How often we either don't go to Mass or whatever. We come in late. We leave early. We're not praying. We're not prepared. We're not thinking about it. We're not getting excited about it. People say, oh, it's boring. Who are you to say the Mass is boring? Go to the cross. You're going to tell me that's boring? God Almighty dies and is tortured to death? And you're going to say that's boring. How dare you? The Mass, it doesn't matter who the priest is. It doesn't matter if he's old or young. It doesn't matter if he's got a great personality or no personality. He's offering the Holy Sacrifice And that's where your salvation happens, my salvation, at the cross, at the Mass, making it present. 
and Mary is there waiting for you at the foot of the cross. I mean, she poured out her blood too because Jesus' blood is hers. And so it's the ultimate sorrow, it's the ultimate sacrifice on Jesus' part as the God-man, but also on Mary's part as his mother, as the preeminent member of the church, as the mother of the church, as the one intervening for all of us, interceding. And so Mary is there at every Mass. She's inviting you in. She's inviting you, come up front, come all the way up. Be with me. We're at the foot of the cross. I'm going to prepare your heart. I'm going to form your heart so that every grace that pours out of Jesus's heart when it's pierced, when all that blood pours out, I want your heart to receive every bit of it that you possibly can. I want you to receive not just salvation, but the highest place in heaven. So many of us, if we're not going to mass, if we're not praying, if we're not preparing ourselves, we're not living a virtuous life, we're getting nothing. Just a little token of, oh yeah, I love Jesus. Let's put a nativity on the lawn. That doesn't do it. Let's wear a pin or whatever. I don't know. I'm just thinking of different things that we do to say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, but we're not there. We're not in the fullness of it. Mary is at the heart of the fullness of everything. And she's inviting you into it with her to prepare your heart, to pray with her. And so in consecration, we become one. We, we are conformed to the mystery with Mary. Mary draws our hearts in union with Jesus. So it's a far better thing than all the other devotions, and Mary's perfection makes up for our imperfections. So in consecration, Mary takes ownership of all of our prayers, all of our sacrifices, all of our good works. She takes ownership of them so she can do with them what she wants. People might ask, well, does that mean I can't pray for my loved ones? Well, you give all those intentions to Mary and guess what? Those intentions are going to be magnified, but also she's going to be using your prayers and sacrifices for so many other people that need them that you don't know about. Mary can use us so much better for the salvation of others if we consecrate ourselves to her. There's so much more to this, and I know we're running out of time, and I <laughs> I have Christmas Eve things to do, but there's so much to say, and I love talking about this. When we consecrate ourselves to Mary, I'm going to go down this list here just in the table of contents and true devotion to Mary. St. Louis de Montfort is funny because he has two different sections that are almost the same but slightly different. Motives that recommend the devotion and then effects of the devotion. Motives, we give ourselves completely to God because Mary is 100% God's. It helps us imitate Christ. We get blessings from and through Our Lady. It's an excellent means of giving glory to God. It's such an act of humility. It leads to greater union with the Lord. It gives us liberty, freedom of spirit. In other words, we become holy and virtuous more quickly through devotion to Mary than any other way. It's of great benefit to our neighbor. It just makes everything better in our lives. You're a better husband or wife. You're a better child. You're a better parent. You're a better worker. It's a wonderful means of perseverance. You're going to go to heaven if you do this and you live it. And then the effects of the devotion, knowledge of our unworthiness, a share in Mary's faith, so much more than our own on its own. The gift of pure love, great confidence in God and more in Mary, communication of the spirit of Mary. So when you're ministering, when you're mothering, when you're doing whatever it is you're doing in your life, when you're praying, Mary is coming through you. Her spirit is being communicated through you. We become transformed into the likeness of Jesus, uh, and Christ receives greater glory. 
there's so much to it. And he ends his book. I mean, there's so much more to say, but he ends his book talking about the mass and talking about that the best thing you can do is to receive communion more, more than anything else. That prepares us for judgment day. That makes us holy. And we should do that every single time in union with Mary. Say to Mary before communion, Mary, my mother, I don't know how to receive him as I ought. I'm so unworthy. Please receive him for me. Please receive him with me. I wish to give you, Mary, this gift of Jesus, the best gift I could ever give anybody. I wish to receive Jesus worthily. It's the best gift I can give Jesus. And I wish to be all wrapped up in this perfect love of these two perfect hearts. I wish to be in in the bosom of the Father, Son, and Spirit. And Mary's there preparing the place for me with Jesus. Mary is, she's interceding for us as the queen of heaven. So this is where the Annunciation takes us. Mary says, yes, Mary is full of grace. Mary becomes wedded to the Trinity as the daughter of the father, the mother of the son and the spouse of the spirit. Everything happens in this reading. Heaven and earth come together And our consecration to Mary brings us into that mystery in the best way possible. And don't be worried about your sins. Of course, we always have to be working against them, but Mary will chip away at them. Mary will change our hearts the more we belong to her, the more we are devoted to her and consecrated to her. So we can do a preparation. There's these books that we can use, such as uh, what St. Louis de Montfort wrote for us. There's other books out there. But even just to say a prayer every morning when we wake up, consecrating our day through Jesus, to, <laughs> to Jesus through Mary, every day, all the time. And we give her, imagine what you're putting in her hands when you do that. And we should say it when we do it. I give to you my children because you're the perfect mother. I give to you my work today. I give to you my mood. I give to you my anxieties, my depression, my fears. I give it all to you. I give you my sins. I give you my good works, placing it all in her hands. And then it all becomes Jesus's in the most perfect manner. I think as I'm wrapping presents, how horrible a rapper I am. I'm not talking about like a, you know, rapping, but I'm, I mean, like singing rapping. I'm talking about, you know, the, the papers all bunched up and everything. And I think, you know, I need a woman here to do this for me. I need my mom or somebody, my, one of my sisters, a close friend. I need somebody to do this rapping for me because they do it so much better. And that's a great analogy for Our Lady. She does all this, the whole spiritual life. She's done it perfectly. She's the only one that has. And now she wishes to do it for us. And that it's not a dictatorship where we lose our freedom. It gives us greater freedom in Christ to become the men and women we were made to be more perfectly. She loves all her children, even though there's billions of us. And she loves each of us in our uniqueness, as does the Lord. He made us this way. So she's there to take care of everything for you and me as we prepare our hearts for the coming of our Lord in this next 24 hours. Let's consecrate ourselves 100% to Mary, placing everything in her hands. God bless you. Have a great day. Merry Christmas.